This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. These poll results are sort of shocking. Hustle. I guess I, I thought that uh, let me find him again here because the the poll was how much do you care about what the Twins spend on player salary, which has been a big topic for a week and a half or so, and it's up to thirty percent say that they care a lot. So one in every three people responding on this Score North Twitter poll say that they care a lot about how much the Twins spend on player salary. Spend it all. And again, weigh that with the negativity that is Twitter and social media. Like, so not, you, yeah. you have to weigh the results there. So it's not an accurate. It's, it's like if there's baseball, like normal society, and then there's like baseball Twitter <laughs> right, society. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like like those folks get pulled in then though by by the three to five out there who who keep saying they don't spend, they don't spend, and so those folks are influenced by that small group right on Twitter and therefore they're like it's super important and if they don't spend I'm not going when they really not go regardless yeah 651-646-8255 we are Mackie and Judd with Rami uh, if you're tuning in here and you're wondering what is all of this what, who is Rami and what is score doesn't make any sense uh, well welcome uh, he's Rami Makloff and Hi. we brought him over from uh, from the fan in Milwaukee where we've been pulling green and gold post game show clips for five years on the Mackie and Judd show yeah you were pulling stupid <laughs> takes for years you were like let's get their king of stupid <laughs> takes and bring, <laughs> bring him over let's get this clown over here that'd be great uh, and Score North is uh, is the all new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com S-K-O-R North dot com where you can find all kinds of local Minnesota sports-centric podcasts and articles and social media. All right, Jeff in New York. Fire away, man. Hey, guys, I guess the problem I have is I understand that they can't spend money every year, but let's just say the poll ads give these guys a budget. And they, like last year, it was $140 million. Now, this year, if they spend 98 okay, fine. They want to wait to see what they got with Buxton and Sonoma, which I think is kind of stupid because what if they do pop? And now we got to go make a trade and get somebody in here. But anyway... What are they going to do next year with that $40 million that they didn't spend this year? You know, I mean, why can't they let these guys roll that money over? That's the problem. And I, I don't have a lot of faith. You know, they always say, well, they can come to the ownership if they think they're close, you know, and we'll give you the money. But they, the Twins have never done that. I mean, you look at when Maurer, Morneau, Santana, Liriano, how nice would a Beltre, you know, Adrian Beltre or Cliff Lee at that time? 
would have looked at it. We weren't even never even in serious conversations when they were free agents to put us over the top. I'd actually take so, Adrian Beltre right now out of retirement if, to play third base. To be honest, yeah, with but you, that's my. But we we they never did it, and if they didn't spend that forty million dollars this year, that's fine. But let's say next year they think they are ready, and they want to get a couple guys. Will they will they let them spend up to one hundred forty dollars? Because that's what they did last year. But what happened to that forty million this year? They just pocketed it instead of reinvesting it into the team. I think that's what irritates people is they don't let them roll that money over. It goes right in their pocket when they save money. Sure, Jeff. Thank you for for the phone call. What do you guys think of that? So that's a that's a, a legitimate question that deserves to be flushed out, it, especially if you are among the thirty percent that voted on our Twitter poll and you and you're passionate about. You think that the Twins should, it, whether it's good or bad from a roster standpoint, they should be spending a lot of money, right? Okay, if they only spend a hundred, but they had it, they had a hundred thirty potentially allocated. Jeff's saying, well, then you should take the $30 million, put it in escrow, I guess, and then spend $160 million on next year's payroll. Right, put it in a war chest for when you are ready to compete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rainy day fund. I think that's a fair expectation. Maybe not Maybe not the full $30 million or whatever it is that you're, that you're under your allotted budget, but I, I think that's a fair expectation if for... Two, three, four straight years. You're you're coming in under the allotted budget that you have, and then and then you've you've developed this this team through the farm system or whatever the case might be, who's close to competing for World Series. I think that it's it's a reasonable expectation to ask them to go out and spend to where you go you you go and spend some of that money that you were hanging on to for the last two, three, or four years. Okay, there's two things at work with what Jeff brought up, though. First is is he's tracing back to the mistakes or the, the moves that Terry did not make as GM, and that was different. And by the way, we, we now know Terry was not good at going out and signing guys. Ricky and Alasco, guys like that. Um, so I think it's unfair to saddle Falvey with Terry's philosophy and mistakes the other thing that i will continue to say is this also goes back to when you're going to pull the trigger on this move you have to be right so so if you have a slush fund it's not like you're going to save 40 this year and so now the slush fund is 80 and then it's 120 and then it's 160 okay if you are going to make a decision that this is the year that you're going to make this big signing this move that's going to make you pop you have to be right about it uh and I think sometimes fans think, okay, well, you signed Machado, and then it really worked for two years, and then he got hurt, and it didn't work, so go sign this guy, and then go sign that guy. That's not how this works. And I'm not an apologist for, for the, the team. In fact, I rip them consistently if I think they deserve it. But I do think that the business model is that in markets like Milwaukee and here, when you're going to spend, you have to be right. And so if you're going to dip in and sign this guy and you're wrong, guess what? That's how people get fired. All right, let's go to uh, Jeff number two. Hey, Jeff, you're on with Mackie and Judd and Rami. Hey, guys, love the new station, love the baseball talk. Awesome. Thank you for listening, man. Why don't you talk for a minute about Rocco Baldelli? Um, What is he, 37 years old? He's not even older than the oldest player on the team. What would motivate Falvin to think that he's going to be somebody who can motivate millennial millionaire athletes? I mean, what, has Baldelli shown anything in the past that he's going to be good at this? 
so all valid questions. I also love the Thalvine Rami is when we blend the two guys together in the front office. I like it. One human being. I yes. like that. I like that a lot. It's like Brangelina. <laughs> right? Yes, it is. Okay. Very good. Yes, it is. Um, well, I mean, the, the fact that Rocco Baldelli technically is a millennial himself. The millennial cutoff is 1980. If you were born in 1980, and I don't know what the front end cutoff is, but if you were born in 1980 all the way through like 1995 or something, then you are a millennial. So I think just by being a fringe millennial himself, he'll have a good shot to connect with other millennials. And some of the young players who are coming up aren't millennials. They're like the next, what's the next one? I don't even know. Gen, is it Gen Z? I have are no we, idea. Do we, turn the, do we turn the alphabet back? Is it, it's, now it's Gen AA? Because we, we, we went XY and then we went millennials. So now are we coming back to just letters? I don't know how, I don't we, know. I don't know how we come up with these labels. We know how when you're on a, one of those Excel spreadsheets and you get to the end of the alphabet and then it just goes to A, A, yes. A, B. Okay. Very good. Gen Z. Gen Z? Also known as I-Generation or I-Gen and, this is boring, post-millennials. Okay. But Gen Z is correct. So we live in a post-millennial world right now, you could say. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. Keep but going. everything I have, I've, I've, I've only spent a little time around Rocco Baldelli, and Judd, I know you've been to some of the press conferences too, but everything I've heard second and third hand about Rocco Baldelli is one of the main reasons they did bring him over is because of his ability as a recent former player to be a great communication liaison and a great... A bridge between statistics and scouting and front office and all those things and human beings. And, and, and that's where we've kind of come full circle with this. And it, it's for years, it's been about information and analytics and like who can be the most sabermetric and who can hire the most nerds and like have the most pocket protectors and stuff and spreadsheets. <laughs> but now it's about, okay, we need all the information that pocket protector guy is gathering on his spreadsheets to be communicated to a human being. You need it to be digestible for the players. Yes. yes. And that's what they love about Rocco Baldelli. It remains to be seen if it works. And Thad actually was on a panel uh, that I saw before the Jim Polad panel at Twins Fest on Saturday. And he talked about the fact that there, there was a story about Kyle Gibson who was asked on a twin show at one point about if he used an analytics and, and the like. And he started saying about, I don't, I don't use them because I do this and that. And he basically then fessed up to unknowingly the fact he did. And, and um, Levine said, that's what we want. We want players to incorporate this and be taught how to do it without knowing that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So if we bring you old school baseball guy who's got spreadsheets mm-hmm. and he puts them down, he's like, you got to look at this. And then if you look at this, you tie this in. The player's like, what? And the player becomes paralyzed and possibly possibly tunes out, right? But if you get a bunch of information from a guy who knows exactly how, how to present it, and he doesn't present it as new age he just presents it the player can then incorporate that and not even realize what the player is doing that's what they want and i think it's funny that somebody is questioning if a guy can be a major league baseball manager at age 37 during super bowl week when the youngest head coach in the history of the nfl sean McVay, who's what 32 is about to take his team to the Super Bowl and is the ex absolute rave of of the NFL right now. People are trying to hire anybody who's in any way connected to Sean McVay onto yes. their coaching staff. Also, Tom Kelly, the only manager in Twins history to win a World Series, winning two World Series, wasn't he 36, 37 yep. when the Twins hired him? Right around then, yes. And he That's won exactly a World right. Series yes. as, as a... Age doesn't matter. 
Not to, well, if you're 22. Not, well, I'll, yeah, I'll but not break. like that. <laughs> 35, 35. If you, you can say that age is a big deal until you, you see a guy who can control a room. McVay yeah. can do it, right? Mm-hmm. And when you see that, you immediately realize this guy's age is a non-factor. Do you see that in Rocco Baldelli? I haven't seen enough yet, but my guess, my guess is his comfort w- with things is absolutely key. And I do think baseball is changing in a big way so that the old, I'm the old school baseball guy, here's what we do, is not nearly as important now as the ability to take information, like Phil just said, from the nerds and the geeks and interpret it in a way the players get. Yeah. Baseball is really, really hard. And it's a, unlike football, for instance, where you're mostly trying to get a group of guys together in a scheme and, and take your chess pieces against theirs and, and just having better players and trying to maximize each individual player's talent definitely matters. But baseball truly is an individual sport that masquerades as a team sport. It's pitcher versus hitter yep. over and over and over again. So your main job as a manager is to create an environment through whatever that is, through comfort, communication, having a great staff, being able to disseminate information, keeping the clubhouse drama free if possible, to create an environment that that leads to players performing as close to their 100th percentile as possible, right? That's the way I think about it. Can you get Byron Buxton, who's performing right now at, what, his 20th percentile? At the plate? Offensively, it's lower than that. Might be 10% right? at the plate. Right? What, you know, what, what can you do to get him to perform at the at, at closer to, to the 100th percentile of his capabilities? And I just, so I just pulled up. So MLB.com has, for, they've got these sort of fan-friendly uh, analytical websites, uh, baseballsavant.mlb.com, where you can track exit velocities and hard hit percentages and barrel percentage and all these different things and the different numbers and even for pitchers you can track spin rates and just all this stuff that you be that you never would find ten years ago on the internet right? right so imagine going to so this information is critical when trying to craft a winning strategy and. Well, if we're going to hit more home runs, then we need to have hitters who get to this exit velocity off the bat at this angle on average. I and mean, that's the type of stuff that front offices are crunching. But if you don't pull the curtain shut on that stuff, and it, players don't need to know how the sausage is made. They just need to know, hey, dude, we need you to hit some more towering fly balls. Yeah. Here's how it's going to happen. Make this right? tweak to your swing. And you'll hit more bombs and you'll help us. <laughs> he doesn't and you'll need, make more money. <laughs> he doesn't need the difference in launch angle. No, he, doesn't, he, doesn't. he doesn't need you to tell him, right now the ball is coming out at like a 32-degree <laughs> angle on average. We want it more at like 37. Yeah, can you now, work players, on this? Some players actually do have an interest in that. Sure, and that's yeah. Where, okay, then you can come behind the curtain. Yeah, but the guy who doesn't, you you need to relay it to him in some way where it, it's actually, like I said, digestible and he cares to do it. Yes. Yes. So, hey, uh, <laughs> sniffing your <laughs> armpits. Old school baseball so, guy. Uh, Get the bleep out of here. <laughs> you little weasel. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL Broadcast Studios. It's the all-new Score North on 1500. Minnesota sports fans, Phil Mackie here, introducing you to the all-new Score North on 1500. Well, you'll find Purple Daily at noon, Matthew Collar 2-4, to four, and Mackie and Jeb with Rami from 4-6. to six. Over at scorenorth.com, that's S-K-O-R, in addition to great written content, you'll find some of the most entertaining local Minnesota sports podcasts. Purple Podcast, Raised by Wolves, Myron Medcalf on Hoops, Touch them all, Royce Unchained, and plenty more. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at Score North. Minnesota Sports, anytime, anywhere. That's the deep corner where Coffee swoops it in with the left hand. Phil 
vanishes. Can you say Dr. J? And he's short on that one. Breyer ahead. Curry. Lost it. Kalstrom. McBrayer. Did he say, can you say Dr. J? I was at the game. I missed this one. That's the deep corner where Coffey swoops it in with the left hand. Finishes. Can you say Dr. J? Who was that over-eager <laughs> beaver analyst? I mean, I can say Dr. J. I wouldn't. Okay. There was no there was, there was no hint of Julius Irving at Williams Arena on Sunday. No? I can tell you that. No. All right, I got a question for you gentlemen, especially Phil, since you're a Gopher basketball fan. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was watching that from an establishment last night, pumping my fist. The wife and I were there, and hey, you know what? Impressive win, impressive game. But I have a Richard Pitino philosophical coaching question for you. I realized that, that the Gophers are point guard challenged, okay? So I'll start off by saying that. But why, against an Iowa press, do you have poor Amir Coffey and McBrayer trying to bring the ball up the court when it looks like Coffey might be un- unaware of the fact that midcourt is actually a timeline? <laughs> like, this was the yeah, most... Some panic moments. Lo- but it was also this lollygagging, we got time to bring the ball... No, you actually have to get the ball up court. You've hit on... Okay, you know how Ra- Rami sent us his list of topics that push his buttons? Yeah. Okay? Nervous college athletes... This gets me going all the time, and I'm being way too hard on college athletes. College kickers get super nervous. College basketball players can't hit free throws in the clutch for the most part. The Gophers missed like seven free throws in the last four minutes last Five night. Five in a row, you're right. It was, and they've opened the door wide open. For, they almost blew a 15-point lead in the last four minutes because they couldn't hit a free throw. It, was, it got down to two, I think, at one point. But college players against a press in basketball, a full-court press, it's apparently impossible for them to figure it out. And the NBA... They don't even try because yeah. Russell Westbrook will just dribble through guys or whoever the point guard is. Uh, so I always wonder that too. Like, why is it so hard? Especially if you're if you're a borderline NBA player like Amir Coffey, take a deep breath, jump up, throw the ball to somebody. Okay, like they're they're clearly over pursuing in some way. I, I I just always get confused by how tormented teams get through through the press. So, he looked yeah. he looked completely lost. And he's a really good player. He's so a great I think player I have to at times. I'm up on this bowling thing right now. That so. guy's hair. That guy's hair is. <laughs> that is amazing. I haven't. I haven't oh heard a goodness. word you guys have said for the last three minutes because I am. I am just locked into this dude. Who is he? I have no idea. That's the greatest That's Bob hair. Ross, isn't it? It looks like Bob Ross, the painter guy. Yeah. Art Garfunkel. Hang on, one from second. 1975. That, that's who it looks like. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, we're watching pro bowling right now on the TCL TV. Chris Paul <laughs> totally derailing this segment. Yeah, Chris Paul. Yeah. Uh, his name is Kyle Trope. Kyle Troop. T R O U P. This guy is. I don't know if you guys have been. I've been. I'm trying to focus on the show, but this dude is just. <laughs> We've lost you. Wait, what did yeah, you? I mean, what did you? So, when he when he hits a strike, let's see if he hits a strike here. He didn't. No. Okay, when he hits a strike, he takes a pick out of his back pocket and struts back to his seat while picking his hair. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> what did you Google to find out what his name was? I uh, googled PBA bowling white guy afro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
And the outfit, too, is just amazing. If anybody wants to know who we're talking about, it's Kyle, T-R-O-U-P. It's either Troop or Trope. I don't know, but this guy, is he's going to make a fan out of me. I'm going to start watching bowling just for him. Is that a separate shirt or like a... It's a, it looks like a onesie. Nineteen seventy onesie. He's like the modern version of Bill Murray's character from Kingpin. Did you? Did you I love. Did you guys ever see Kingpin with oh, Woody yeah. Worrell? Yeah, yeah. He is the modern version of that. I'm waiting for him to bust out the 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 clear glass bowling ball with the rose inside. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So wow. So yeah. So if you want to watch along, you know, if you're listening live right now, we're uh, we're watching bowling. There's yeah. been a couple of times where we're we're you know mid conversation, and I wanted I want to just stop what we're talking about and talk about Kyle Trope. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the story about the, the the guy who does the the crotch chop thing, the D Generation X. Is it Duke, Duke uh, something Duke? The guy who brought or no Pete Weber? Pete Weber, Pete yeah. Weber, yeah. Pete who do you Weber. think you are? I am that, that guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> who do you think you are? I am. No idea. But that's one of was one of his catchphrases. Yeah. So that guy was told this is now fifteen or twenty years ago. When they were trying to figure out what's the viability of professional bowling on ESPN and on TV, and uh-huh. and the PBA officials went to him and said, "All right, dude, so bowling's really boring, and we need to make bowl. It, it, it can't just be that you guys are rolling spares and strikes every like people aren't going to watch because of that. It's got there's got to be some flair, right? It's like baseball like, right now, baseball now or golf before Tiger Woods. It's yeah. just a bunch of dudes, a bunch no of chubby dudes in khakis, right? Yeah, and hitting the ball 250 yards. There's got to be a little flair to it. And he said, and he so he he's not that's it's a total persona. That's not how he is in real life. That's not his actual personality. No, he said, all right. Started wearing sunglasses, trash talking, and doing a crotch chop after every strike. <laughs> he stole it from Degeneration X, the WWE group yeah. from the late nineties, yeah. mid nineties. And then he came up with that hot catchphrase: <laughs> "Who do you think you are? I am." <laughs> what does that even really mean? I have no idea. I have no idea. I feel like he was just in the moment and screamed it out, and then it became his thing. But he now has, because wow. of this persona, he now has. I just googled it. He has a net worth of three and a half million dollars. So he's got some smart he's got some commas to his bank account. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> the greatest. Terrible. I'm not reading about Kyle Trope. I mean, I don't. What has happened to me? Why should? Why do I even care about this guy? But he is. He's enthralling. Yeah. Bring so some Wikipedia, flair to the game. Wikipedia rabbit hole. He is a uh, ten-pin bowler residing in Taylorsville, North Carolina. He uses the two-handed shovel-style delivery with a dominant right hand. Says wait, he, he wait. Need, he says he needed two-style what? <laughs> he says he needed two hands uh, when learning how to throw a ball as a young child, calling himself self-taught. In wait, that so regard. hold on. The two-handed shovel style—is that just where you you stand He's up at the line? Right now you can see. Yeah. So he he doesn't put his thumb. In the ball, my old co-host in Milwaukee was a big bowler, oh, so I know a little okay. bit about this. He doesn't put his thumb in the ball, just the two middle fingers, oh, yeah. and then he puts another hand on top as like a guide, almost like, almost like a basketball shot. And then he'll See, swing back and and roll it and give it the spin with the top hand. See, I took it to mean that he literally walked up with like his legs far apart and just... <laughs> But granny style? Rolled it like a kid would. Yeah, like granny yeah. style. This one said to you, oh, yeah, I use the two-handed shovel style of bowling. Wouldn't you say, oh, right, okay, that's what my three-year-old does, too. I can't get past the the hair, basically. That's, that's, that's where I, I sort of stop at the hair. The I hair, the outfit. The outfit I'm, I'm waiting like for him. Now, wait- he's got the hair pulled down wild. at times, too. I'm waiting for him to nail a strike so you guys can see this 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 strut that he does while picking his hair. It's amazing. Okay, what is the most obscure you guys get when it comes to your sports viewing? Like, what is 
Does anyone, I mean, besides like La Liga, if you're John. Well, that's not obscure. Come on. It's the second most popular soccer league in the world. I'd say MLS. Australian rules football. Australian oh, he just did a strike. Football? Watch him now. Watch him. Okay. Uh, no, now he's not going to do it, of course. Aggressive. Well, he's trash talking now. Yeah, he's trash talking. <laughs> he's very amazing. happy with himself. <laughs> so you're into Australian rules football, John. I love watching it at two in the morning whenever it's on. Because I never understand rugby and Australian rules football. I never fully understand. Those don't ask like, me what's going on because I don't know what's going on, but it is amazing I'm, to watch. I'm with you, Phil. Those look like the same thing to me. Those both Australian rules football and rugby well, look like the know. exact same thing they, to me. Australian rules football has got the biggest playing field in the world. I never would have been able to say to, to If you would have said which I mean, playing watch, surface is bigger, I would have said I have no rugby idea. basically is played on a soccer pitch. It's basically the same field. Just maybe a little bit different dimensions. Australian rules football is basically played on a gigantic oval, and it's massive. They play on an oval. It's essentially an oval. It's a base. It's a yeah. It's huge. Hmm. That's about the best way I can describe it. Just look it up. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't think I have any obscure sports watching habits. I stick. I think I stick to the major ones. I don't. I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything that. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any. Well, you guys are no fun. Well, Judd watches hockey. Well, like DVR well, yeah, I was gonna hockey, say. like the most obscure hockey games. To be, you can... And baseball is getting to be obscure <laughs> now. DVR Mike 60 Trout shows. Games. You think I have time for obscure <laughs> sports? Well, Judd knows this. I don't know if Jonathan and I have talked much about this, and certainly Rami, you and I have not. But I and poker is not a sport, but they do put it on ESPN. Mm-hmm. I will watch poker for hours and hours and hours. I used to play poker and used to be way into the poker industry, and so much so that ten or twelve years ago. When ESPN was just running the re-ran, so they would the World Series of Poker would take place in May or June, and then they would do production on it for three months, and they would show you the edited down version in prime time in like two thousand three oh four, and you just see the highlighted hands. Even though you know what happened, has it has has it been reported before it's televised? If you're if you're hardcore, you could find this is two thousand three oh four, so okay. it's before social media. Yeah. Uh, so if you weren't actively googling who won the World Series of Poker, it would be a mystery to you as you saw the ESPN coverage roll out. Right. But they did have an option for two or three years where you could pay per view. You could pay $20 to watch the final table of the World Series of Poker play down from nine to a winner over the course of like 15 hours. So they'd started at two o'clock in the afternoon. You can watch this live? Like live as it's actually happening? With no whole cards. So you wouldn't know what they have unless they showed the cards after the hand. So you pay $20 to watch 15 hours of poker and now when you watch on ESPN, you get to see what they have at least. So you yeah. can, oh, that guy's got aces. And if you know the hands of poker, that guy has a flush. But you wouldn't see any of those hole cards unless they got to the end of the hand and they would turn it off. How much and of these 15 hours did you actually... All 15. Shut oh, my God. Up. Shut up. No. That, that's not obscure. That's what sick. Is, what is wrong with <laughs> you? Yes. You asked us about roving, obscure sports. A roving group of buddies who we'd play online poker and play... So wait a second. So you would just sit there the entire day into the night into yes. the morning. Oh yeah. Just order, watching. Order food. Was this was this recorded? Was this something you could stop and come back to later? Or you dedicated fifteen straight hours of your life and time to watching this? Well, fifteen straight and we DVR'd it so oh that if we wanted God. if we wanted Ronnie to would save like it, to announce his resignation later. from yeah, it's been real, <laughs> <Score> <laughs> North. It's been good. He'll it's return been to his former job in Milwaukee <laughs> just as soon as possible. Think about, think about it. It is it is it is literally like people sitting at a table trying to determine if the others are lying to them and then quizzing them with chips. I don't think I think you're lying. 
Here's some chips. But you table. can't fast forward to get to that. You're actually having to watch the whole thing. But unfold. you get to watch the human tension play out in front of you for millions of dollars. No, I'm out. I'm I'm 100. <laughs> There's lots of stuff I'll that. watch tension play out. That's not one of them. I, I cannot get poker, and I don't know if this is a measure of my intelligence or what. I just I don't know how many people have tried to teach me how to play poker, how to follow along when poker is on TV. I just don't get. I think I. I think I just. I get bored and I blank out. I. I. I, I do not. I do not understand. I think what, we're very I similar. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't I know what's similar. I don't know what's the higher hand. I don't even it, know. It's not that. I don't even know if higher hand is the right terminology. I get bored. I get. It's. It's. It, it's something that I just cannot grasp onto. Okay, three of Watching a kind. Or do you playing. know what three of a kind is? Yeah, it's like three of the same card, right? Like if I had three threes or three aces or. But does that does that also <laughs> see you? Not too bad. Does, does that also now you're gonna try and teach me poker? What's a full on house? I have no idea. I have Couldn't no clue it. what a full house is. Does anyone it's a band? Know? Pretty good too. Eighties <laughs> band. I really enjoyed TV their work. Show. It was a good TV show. Yeah. Full House was an eighties band. No, I think it was Crowded House, but it sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> Full House was a TV show. I love Full House. And then they brought it back. A Fuller House, yes. Is there a Fuller House in poker? Is there <laughs> 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 where, like, where John Stamos like sits at the table. John Stamos, by the way, for someone who did dive into the first three full seasons of Fuller House, and yes, there are four. What? There are four really? seasons of Fuller House now on Netflix, and I made it. Is it done three. now or no? Well, I think they. I think they ordered they for a it? fifth season. Have wow. they gotten the Olsen twins to appear yet? No, 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 and In they fact, won't. Well, they've broke. They, now look at the rabbit hole we just went down here. <laughs> but this is important. This started off with this started off, by the way, with the Gopher basketball team with a well, big win at home against Iowa. And then we were last all night. enthralled with Kyle Troop's afro. The Olsen twins have said no. They are not doing it's it. It's very huh? disappointing. They're, well, they're refusing. What happened was they uh, they in the first, I think it was the second season. Well, they had, they had asked the Olsen twins. Well, they asked them every season, but one of the episodes. Where they had all the cameos, they had Bob Saget was back for an episode, and John. Oh, I thought Stamos. he was on the show. Bob Saget's not on the show. Not on every episode. Oh, okay. Bob Saget, John Stamos, and Dave Coulier are are just like sporadically sprinkled throughout. But Cut they had it out exactly. That's <laughs> good. So they had they had all these they had all these characters on the episode, and and they were asking like oh like in character oh where's Michelle oh Michelle's yeah Michelle's in New York. <laughs> You know, chasing her uh, her advertising career, and then they all stop, break the fourth wall, and turn to the camera and say, "It'd be great if you'd come and join us." Pause. Okay. And, like in studio audience, starts. See, that's not uh, nearly as as uh, as petty as I would have been. I would have just found the worst possible way to kill the character. <laughs> <laughs> it's been done before. If I, if I was writing that show, I would have just found the most awful, gory way to kill that character. So yeah, Michelle got t-boned by a semi truck on the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> They still haven't found her body. <laughs> but the Olsen twins are welcome back anytime for other cameos. Oh, man. Okay, they now we really just need one of them. Now we have a bowler named Rhino Page. Yeah, but he's a boring looking dude. I like the guy with the he's hair. He's a great name. Amazing. Yeah. Can I put a, a bow on this gopher segment Please by telling do. you guys? Yeah, this gopher segment. This has been some the, gopher yeah, move segment. the ball. Get over the timeline. <laughs> the gopher basketball team is now 15-5 and five overall, 5-4 five and four in conference, and uh, sixth in the Big Ten standings. Yeah. With a game against, well, I was going to say a winnable game, but they just got beat by 40 points by Illinois. Isn't Illinois their Wednesday the upcoming opponent this week, yeah, right? Yeah, it's Wednesday evening at 8 o'clock. And... Uh, and Michigan State got beat, was it, last night, By too? Purdue. 
So oh, Gophers, Illinois at home, and then they have Purdue on the road, Wisconsin at home, Michigan. So they have some tough games coming up. But if they get, I think if they get four more, there's your guy with the hair. But wait, wait, his hair smaller now. <laughs> His, his afro smaller. What happened? I think that was a promotional shot that they did before oh, no the, uh, fun. the afro was in its full glory. Boom. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to wrap with Royce when we come back here. On the all-new Score North on 1500, it's Mackie and Judd with Rami. And the best car dealership in the Twin Cities that my family and I have been vouching for for three-plus decades, going back to the 1980s. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, Go take advantage of the Luther Lounge. It is a spacious, amazing, I sound like a nerd raving about a waiting area, but they have two massive 70-inch flat-screen TVs, six workstations, all with cable TVs in them, spacious seating. They've got complimentary snacks and coffee and tea and a play area for the kids, and you can also just go roam around and see some of the new uh, 2019 models on the lot, RAV4s, Camrys, Corollas. Go look at the the new exterior on the Camry. Man, that thing has evolved over the past 10 or 15 years. And it just looks much more sleek and sporty. Again, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Tell them Phil Mackey sent you. Service, top-notch. Showroom and cars, top-notch. Luther Brookdale Toyota. Just stay warm. That's about it. It's not traffic, that's weather, but... Uh, traffic, weather. Traffic and weather together. On the 41. Harrison. On, on the, the 41s. We only do it at 41. If we feel like it. You guys care to um, take a guess about how many viewers the Pro Bowl averaged on ESPN Sunday? I've got it in front of me. I have to disqualify myself from this because I saw that number earlier today. Phil and Jonathan. It would be disingenuous if I answered. Phil and Jonathan. Uh, was it 5 million? Higher. Really? Jonathan, you want to take it? A little bit lower. Right in between. So like seven and a half. Eight million. Oh, why? So eight million. Eight million viewers. ESPN says the 2019 Pro Bowl averaged eight million viewers. I have a dumb question. Does that mean averaged at any given time or total? So So people dropping out and coming back in over the course of the the entire program, if you will. Eight million people were watching. Correct. So... What is wrong I was with the one of being? I was one of the eight million. What, what? are you doing? Wait, I thought you were watching the go between for hoops. this between this and the and 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 the fifteen hours of of poker, Wait, the live feed of poker on pay per view. I well, hold on a the second. The Pro Bowl was early in the day, though. The Pro Bowl was at like one o'clock. And you did you the turn on and start home? till what four? Where where'd you watch it? Uh, just flipping around at home. Oh, I'm gonna quit. And. <laughs> I'm joining Rami back at the fan in Milwaukee. Let's talk Packers next round. I'd love to give you my review. It's the first time it's the first time in probably six years that I even stumbled into the Pro Bowl on TV. So just to admit to you guys, I turned the TV on and ESPN was already on the TV and I stayed on it for five minutes. And then I was like at first I was like, well that wasn't wait, that was an early whistle on that run up the middle tackle. So when did they stop allowing tackling in the Pro Bowl? Because you're you're not allowed to tackle in the Pro Bowl anymore. What do you mean? So when they it's like hand, two in touch. what are they doing? When you hand the, here, let's bring Royce in here. Are you serious? When you, so again, Pat, yeah. this is the, I stumbled into the Pro Bowl yesterday for the first time in six years. And what okay. happens is when you, when you hand the ball off to Zeke Elliott or whoever, yeah. he yeah. runs up the middle. And as soon as someone wraps him with two hands, they blow a whistle. So what? they don't allow you to take the running back. To Nobody the gets tackled. At least not the for running back. The entirety backs, of the football game. Correct. Yes. 
what uh, well, what if that's the only way you could get him? I mean, what if you're what if you don't have a chance to wrap him? What if what if he's running around the end and you got a leap for him? Uh, can you do that? Or you not? cannot. You can't blitz either. I found out yesterday. I knew I know that. You, you, yeah. you, you can't blitz for twenty five years, but uh, yeah. But but I mean, if a guy's running a sweep, you got to be fast enough to go out there and grab him and hold him. That that appeared to, in the five minutes I watched yesterday. That appears to be the case. Yes. Why bother? Why do they bother? If that if you're not going to play the actual game, why bother? Because eight million people watched an average of eight million, Patrick. That you know, well, you know, I I think they're dumbing down America, and they shouldn't be allowed to do it. We should file a class action lawsuit that you're making Americans stupider if you don't play tackle football. Or call it something else. Call it a you know, call it flag football or something. I don't know. I I saw three plays. I saw Mahomes and uh, said, okay, I got to see Mahomes because this may be the only Pro Bowl he ever plays. Because <laughs> he's going to be one of those. Uh, I'm hurt. I I'm, I don't want to go. I didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, I I don't want to go. So anyway, yeah, quite a glorious day for All Star games. Have we ever figured out who won the NHL? Judd and I, earlier today, neither of us knew who won the NHL All-Star Game. Whether our division won it or not, we don't know. Yeah, I just saw that Devin Dubnik had a couple nice saves. You know, maybe oh, be nice that, if he that, did that in the playoffs for the Wild once in a while. But. <laughs> Such hey, a cheap shot. Three on three, baby. That's, uh, that's the best you can do. Well, the Gophers discovered once again when Amir Coffee plays good, they're pretty good. Yeah, this is true. When he's... When he's the best player on the court, they're good. We, we, we talked about that earlier, but uh, Nebraska game, he was great. Uh, that's when we didn't know Nebraska was going to have a horrible year. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, he was the best player at Wisconsin, and then yesterday he was very good, too. So Murphy's, uh, Murphy's having a hell of a senior season, too. He's, uh, he should be, uh, he's probably should be remembered as a, as a better gopher than he's going to be remembered as, you know. He is so. now second all-time in Big Ten history in rebounding. Yeah. Second all-time. At, at, at what, 6'6"? Six, six? Yeah, six, maybe 6'7". What do you think seven? he is? He, he's not, yeah, I don't think he's 6'7". Yeah, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, he has uh, got an act, that's for sure. He can go get the ball and uh, pile him up in a hurry. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Pat, we were, uh, we'd, we'd, we we're looking at the iPhone forecast here. First of all, it looks like there's going to be in a couple of days a 100 degree difference in actual temperature between where you are and where we are going to be. Hey, right now, I just looked. It's 51. Stay inside. Be careful. Here. Get we're blankets. I just turned on the heater in the uh, cotton. Oh, no. The first time since I've ever been here. Poor Pat. Oranges are dying there. It was. It was down to 62 in here. you got to turn on the heat when but it gets down to 62. Can you imagine if instead of having a Super Bowl here in the Twin Cities last year, <laughs> yeah. if we had it here this year? Yeah, we mentioned that. That would be something. That those I said those little concerts on Nicollet Ball that <laughs> the people were freezing at last year. I don't know how... To, the guy who had the Wednesday night, the Wednesday night uh, featured attraction might have no showed on him. If it's going to be, if it's going to be a record time thirty below, they said. Yeah, it may, Rami. It may have made uh, Idina Menzel had a tweet last year. Some sort of like publicist tweeted out, and it was forty degrees on the day that she tweeted yeah. this out. The yeah. cold never bothered me, anyways. How does minus thirty five feel? Yeah, come Frozen. on, come on up here, Idina Menzel. Yeah. <laughs> 
know what? You know what might not have been as popular at thirty below the uh, zip line. The zip line might not have been real popular at thirty yeah. below either, huh? That's yeah. probably true. It might have been a little frosty, especially if it snapped and you ended up in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just splattered and dead. <laughs> well, you know what? You probably would have preferred to get splattered and dead than go into the water, wouldn't you? And come out. Let's put a pole up. <laughs> Poor Jimmy died what he loved doing. The yeah. zip line. The zip line. Yeah, that's right. Jim Marshall, when I talked to him last year before the Super Bowl, wanted to go on the zip line, but I don't know if he made it. You know, he's. Damn near killed himself doing about eight other things in his heyday, so why not the zip line? So, yeah. That was, uh, so, uh, the, uh, I did a, uh, you guys are gonna like Bruce Dyer, man. This kid. Oh, uh, Gratterall? Gratterall. He's a character. He's, he's English. He's, he needs an inter- He's funny even with an interpreter. <laughs> so, uh, I did a piece on him. Uh, I think they already posted it. Uh, for uh, for tomorrow, and uh, he's a he's a he's a character. I said, you know, he gained he missed the year with Tommy John. He basically gained forty pounds. Now he not, this isn't Sano here. He's in, he's in pretty good shape, but he gained forty pounds. I said, how'd you gain forty pounds? And he pointed over at the dormitory and said, food. They have free food, and it's good food. So, and uh, but he's a you know he's basically lived here. Except for the times he's been out pitching, he, he had Tommy John in 2015. He basically lived in that dormitory for three and a half years since he had the Tommy John surgery. He hasn't been home to Venezuela in two years. So it's uh, but uh, he's I they, they, uh, there's, there's a little video I think uh, with it. Uh, he, he throws a hundred pretty easy. He doesn't jump out of his shoes to throw it. He's uh, He's got one of those uh, motions where he kind of whips it, but it's, it's not like he's gotten and groaning to throw a hundred, and he likes to throw a hundred, I guess. So. Pat, it's uh, it's Reese here. Good to talk to you again. Yes, um, yes, we, we were talking, we were talking twins earlier, and and there seems to be a faction of twins fans who would like to see them get in on the the Manny Machado and or Bryce Harper uh-huh, sweepstakes. Uh-huh. Is that something? I want them to get in on the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. <laughs> <laughs> Get Anthony Davis. Come on. Let's get somebody who will really make a difference. Anyway. Do you think it's realistic for Twins fans to expect no. a move like that? Okay. What? Even if you gave them the money, they wouldn't come here and play. Too cold? It is, it is amazing that Boris, Boris is like setting this up for a lawsuit, isn't he? Isn't that what he's doing here? Not getting Harper signed? Or is it just that both of them are waiting for the other guy because they figure they'll get more money than him if they wait? Is that? But there's no way Machado's getting more money than Harper. So I, I don't know what what's going on. It's, I mean, spring training starts in two weeks. What what are they waiting for? They think all of a sudden there's going to be a great big sweepstakes at the end. Uh, Boris always waits, but 300 was on the table. You know, last fall, Washington gave him 10 years, 300. What was wrong with that? That's still there, right? I think I the think Nationals so. went back to him before Christmas and said it's still there. Yeah, but now I think they said no because they've done right. some other things, you know. They've done some other things. But, uh, which one, if you if you, if you you had the, if you were going to spend $200 million on one or the other, which one would you? Harper. He'd put people in the seats. I'd, I'd, I'd go get Harper. Machado is, you know, he's a... Great player, but he'd come here. You'd be fine. He'd be cold. 
You do five games out of 500. He'd give you some of the slowest jogs the first place you've ever seen in your life. He's, he's one of those guys who slows down to make sure he's out if he doesn't hit the ball hard enough. So uh, uh, I, I think Harper, Harper wants to be a legacy player. Uh, he wants to have huge numbers, and uh, he, he's, he's driven. I don't think Manny's driven. I think Manny just gets by on his fantastic ability. Yeah, Pat, what can people hear on Royce Unchained tonight if they stick around for the next I don't minute? know. It was kind of weird, wasn't it, Jed? I thought it was, <laughs> thought it was brilliant. That's a great tease. I know. It was kind of weird. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It was very Saturday morning-like. We talked about weather. We talked about a bunch of other. You know what I wanted to do and I forgot to was uh, uh, my annual complaint about Tobar not being in the uh, – in the Twins Hall of Fame, and also Halsey Hall not being in the Twins Hall of Fame. I, I wanted to bring that up. Today. Next week. Next week. We, we can, can do we it. We can do it next week. Well, we like to stay on topic, though. It might be a little stale by next week. <laughs> we, we, huh? Although I did tell a couple stories from like 30 years ago, so I guess stale is part of the bit. So I, I don't know what's the deal. So. <laughs> the answer to your question, the Metropolitan Division 10 our Central 5 in the championship well, round. We made it to the finals. Yes. Oh, that's good. We made it to the finals. We made it. The Wild made it through a round of the playoffs, so that's good. That doesn't Dooby-dooby-doo, Pat. Dooby-dooby-doo. Well, oh, they're in third place now, Judd. You're going to be eating your words when uh, uh, Rask gets rolling. The way Victor Rask gets his stride, baby. This is gonna be his stride's not very quick, Pat. <laughs> He's Machado-like in his speed. <laughs> Who was, uh, yeah, you know who's not, it wasn't a big fan of Manny, uh, effort-wise, was uh, Manager Kelly. Uh, he, he made a few cracks about him when I've talked to him in the past. He, 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 liked, he wished my Manny went at it a little harder, but uh, boy, when he's got that two-week roll, when he's got those two weeks when he's hot, though, periodically, you know, he's he's something. You can't get him out for a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden he kind of loses interest for a while. So, yeah. All right, Pat. Okay, we'll catch you tomorrow. All right, see you, Royce. Royce Unchained coming up here shortly. It was off topic. I yeah, hope he stays. That's warm. how Patrick ordinarily is. Yeah, he well, sounded like my so intro much, done. Man. Well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Listen, he said it like he's on topic a lot. Since when have we been on topic on that podcast Saturday morning sports? That we've never been on topic, man. man That's what makes Pat Pat. It makes him great. He's the best. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think he's loving life down there in in Florida. Roll into the ballpark every day. He's complaining. He's actually cold down. That's that's the best. Fifty one, man. Come on. They put a thing on. I saw this to be on fifty one here on the news. I swear to God, they put a thing warning people stay inside and stay warm in Florida. In Florida, because it was like forty five. Stay inside at night. Don't go outside. Hey, it's a real thing. So Your pets are my, in trouble. My dad moved ten years ago from the used Twin Cities and Midwest guy for his whole life for sixty five years, and he moved to Arizona. And he was like, my dad had outdoor parking at an apartment at the end of his Minnesota run. He would he'd scrape the ice off the windshield every morning. Hardcore, so, yeah, hardcore Minnesota guy, yeah. right? And now it dips below sixty degrees, and he's got frostbite in this condo. <laughs> oh, the blood! His blood thin. Phoenix, yes, his blood thin. Sure, it's ridiculous. So I, I get in there last. I, I made a trip down there in September, and just just hanging out was doing the show down there. We have Hubbard Phoenix Studios, 
And I walk in, and it's 78 degrees on the thermostat. What? I said, Dad, what are you doing? He goes, well, it's, I don't know, it's, uh, I get I get cold easily. And uh-huh. I said, yeah, but it's 78 degrees. He goes, well, what do you set your thermostat at? I said, 70? Like a like a real human? He's like, no, that's too cold. <laughs> you lived in Minnesota 10 years ago. What is wrong with you? But I had to pay the, my dad, the energy bills for a whole house down in Milwaukee. It, w- it was between 60 and 65 at all right. times. At all times. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're oh, cold. Yeah. If you're cold, put on a hoodie. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. We, yeah. That's what we do. Wear lots of blankets, hoodies, sweatshirts. Don't put it above 75. Oh, man. Or 70. Yep. So well, we go 70. well, welcome back, and uh, glad you got your, uh, your, your stuff moved into your apartment. Thank you. Here. Appreciate it. We missed you last week. I'm officially week. a Minnesotan. That's, is that what you guys well, said? Yeah. All right, cool. Prepare for pain. <laughs> Cold and heartache. Up next for Rami. Yeah. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. You can find us on demand at scorenorth.com. S-K-O-R-North.com. And please follow us on all of our social media platforms. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Facebook. And all of you who followed us on Twitch. Twitch during the show, we appreciate it. See you guys tomorrow. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.